This is an exclusive presentation of high school sports on Fort Wayne Sports Station. 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. This is the High School Coaches Show. Here's your host, Justin Kenny. Welcome into the High School Coaches Show. We've been gone, but we're back. Justin Kenny, along with John Graham in here. Producing, talking area high school basketball and football. We're going to mix some football in this evening, but of course the uh, state champion, the boys, coming up in a little over a week's time. Week off due to the NCAA tournament, and then the uh, four state championship games will be held a week from Saturday down at Baker's Life Fieldhouse, all four games in one day. Of course, the girls uh, did 2A on Friday night, the Friday before the Saturday of the state championship. So uh, there was a little concern there that we'd have the same situation considering Blackhawk Christian in 2A. But no, IHSAA decides to go with all four one day. It'll be a long day if you're heading down there for all four games. An estimated uh, approximate 8.30 start for the 4A game next Saturday night, and um, we'll see if they uh, if they meet that. They will be clearing out the arena after every single game, but we are lucky enough to have two area teams in the state ch- championship games. I want to say the first time in at least a decade that we've had two Northeast Indiana representatives in the boys' basketball state championships. Of course, in 2A, Blackhawk Christian will take on Park Her- or I think it's Heritage Park. Park Heritage, it's a, it's a new school. We know that. And then uh, Leo will take on Trey Kaufman and company in Silver Creek in the Class 3A game. So we got a lot to get to. We'll talk to uh, Jeremy Roush later on in the show, head basketball coach of the Snyder Panthers. His team played both Leo and Blackhawk Christian this year. We'll get a scouting report from him. And then we're going to talk to the new head football coach of the New Haven Bulldogs in about 15 minutes, Coach Kyle Boer of uh of new haven we'll 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 examine just where new haven football is right now uh another guy from inside the building similar to jimmy lynn when he took over for jim Rowland. so we'll get uh, thoughts from kyle to see what his plans are for the bulldogs we're going to kick it off as we do each and every week that we're here with our friend bryce fans of kpc media group bryce what's up i'm uh just hanging out at home on this rainy Thursday. I thought you were going to bring some energy to the show, and <laughs> uh, just sitting here, not doing much anything. Well, but. it's a, it's that time of of year as for a sports writer where you're kind of in between seasons. The spring season has kind of gotten started with a you know a track meet or a softball game here and there, and basketball for you know. Uh, all of our teams in the KPC media area are are done, um, and they've been done for a couple of weeks now. So, just trying to to fill the time with stuff like this, talking with you on the radio. Oh, you know, just take it a minute at a time, fifteen minutes at a time, whatever we can do to fill what sounds like a big void in your life currently. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> It is. <laughs> uh, Bryce, it's been a couple of weeks since we've had a show. I haven't talked to you, obviously, in a couple of weeks. And, and here we are on the eve of the state championships here in a little over a week's time. Uh, in terms of the area, anything surprise you over the course of the postseason? I would have to say that, that Leo's run is probably the most surprising just because of the way we talked about them over the course of, of this season where they – 
come out of the gates winning double digits games in a row. They dropped that one game to Northside, who is an up and coming team. Um, but then down the stretch, they really struggled, you know, losing games to Woodland and, and, and it just, and it felt like ambition going here. And it just felt like that they really didn't have this type of run in them. And then they get through the sectional with a couple of close wins that won in overtime over Lures. And then, and then they, you know, come down to the, the regional at Newcastle and blow out Mississippi. And then it just feels like their, their last two wins have come right down to the wire. And they had to come back, um, last week against South Bend St. Joe. And it's just been a magical run that we just really, I don't think thought was in at the end of the season, but we thought it was, it was, this was a type of possibility maybe about middle of the way or at the beginning of the season for Leo. Yeah, they definitely come on throughout the course of the year. And, you know, three O's, three A's difficult, but, you know, four A's even worse. And I think if we're talking most hated programs up here in Northeast Indiana, Carmel continues to rise higher and higher, which every, with every season, of course, Carmel knocking off Homestead in that regional semifinal by 11 points. Um, when when we look at 4A and we look at just how difficult it is to navigate the north and, you know, we, we could get into the debate on whether Carmel should be north or south. Look, the state has to be divided in half somewhere. So, right. you know, some of those teams are going to have to come up north and maybe a, a regionals too soon. But um, in terms of, of class 4A, I mean, should we be surprised that Homestead didn't get further considering they were the lone undefeated left? Um, I think so, but when, when, like you said, when you talk about the team that they're going to run into eventually, it was either going to be in that regional semifinal or more, more than likely final. Um, and then you have to, to face a, a, a team, um, from, from the northwest side of the state in, in the semi state, and it's going to probably come from the South Bend area, the, the Gary, the Hammond area. I mean, it's, it feels like with the talent that they had this year, um, and with Fletcher Lawyer coming in from Michigan, it just felt like that this was going to be a special type of year that they could be hoisting a trophy down in Indianapolis. And, and it does feel like it, it ended a little prematurely uh, just because of the based on the talent. You have two Big Ten recruits um, on your roster and, and a, couple, a couple of other players that you know could play, could play um, in college basketball at a, small, at a lower level. But still, you have a, a ton of talent. You have the, the, the coach that has has done it before, and it just felt like this year is everything coming together. And for it to stop short, um, it doesn't surprise me that it ended at the, the hands of Carmel just because of the way that Carmel has been just consistent over, over you know, decades now and how, you know, how they've been the, the north half of the state killer um, for quite some time now. And even if, if you think it's unfair or not, it just it's that's the program that is kind of, I think, the one one of that is the the standard um, as far as boys basketball in the area in the state and in football as well. I think if you're not yeah. Snyder or Homestead, you've said a lot of area teams have seen their their years end at the hands of Carmel. And you look in recent years on the boys basketball court as as Carmel has continued to knock off teams. The only two teams in recent memory from the area that have knocked off Carmel in the postseason, Homestead when they won a state championship with a big man in Caleb or in Caleb Swanigan, and then Northside when they got to the state championship and barely lost to Ben Davis when they had a dominant big 
big uh, in Jalen Butts. So I think when you look at how you knock off Carmel, I think when you when you match up teams from up here to down there, I think we can match them in, 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 in the backcourt. I think you can match them with smarts. I think they can play up-tempo with them. They can slow it down with them, a lot of our teams. But it comes down to being dominant in the post. Carmel always has those kids, right? Those five or six, five, six, 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 eight kids. They can just get in there. They may not be dominant guys, but they're blue-collar workers. And I, I feel like that's the missing piece. When you go against Carmel, you need to have that inside presence. Would you agree? Yeah, and, and Homestead, you know, really didn't have that. You know, even though Luke Goody is, is tall, he's just not that type of player. He plays out on the perimeter and, and has a really good mid-range game. And, and it just didn't have that dominant presence, like you said, with, with Butts and Swanigan um, in, in earlier the, this decade. So it just it feels like when I watched that Homestead-Carmel game, um, the regional game, and, and that's what it felt like it was missing this year was something inside. And Lawyer Fletcher did all he could, driving to the basket, getting inside. Um, but then it was, he would just go in there amongst the trees and just take take a beating. And and it just feels like if he wasn't consistently hitting, you know, floaters and layups, that they they really didn't have a whole lot of other options because he put that team on his back and, and tried to shoot them and, and, and drive them in, in that back game. And they, just, and they really just couldn't get over the hump against Carmel, and that's just what ultimately led to their defeat. Bryce Vance, KPC Media Group, joining us here on the High School Coaches Show. Bryce, if, you know, I know we have a couple games left in the season at State next week, but when we look at this season as a whole, and let's start with, with Player of the Year, I think you can throw Connor Asishian into that conversation. I think you're throwing both Fletcher, Lawyer, and Luke Goody in that conversation, Caleb first in that conversation. If you had to pick right now, who would you go with? Oh, man. Um, I, I think for an MVP, I, I think that it would have to be, for me, Caleb first. I, I think what he brings to that team, and I know there's a whole lot of talent around him as well, but I and I still think that there's a potential that they could make a deep run even without him. But just his presence and and he's been this presence for, you know, since he stepped onto the floor as freshman he's only gotten better um but this you when you when teams walk into this game they know who caleb first is and they are know that they are going to be going up against a a really good player and that he possesses all these different dynamics and and threats to his game um that it's just it's hard for him to and he's just been consistent as well all throughout this season i haven't really felt like he's had any tour side of type of drop-off and, you know, multiple game slumps or anything like that. It just felt like he's been consistent and has been, uh, I think, if you're going to put a gun to my head, I think he's been the MVP for the area. Bryce, Coach of the Year, I think we have a lot of candidates across the four major conferences and, and Blackhawk Christian for that matter. But if we had to pinpoint and say this this coach, uh, the best coach, did the best job this season on the boys' side, are, are there is there a couple guys or one in particular that you go with? Um, some names come to mind, and, and when I look at you know coach of the year, I think you can categorize it differently than being you know the best coach. I mean, because we know you know the Chris Johnsons, the, the Marty Beasley. I mean, those guys are up the top of in the area. Um, but did you did your teams improve? Did they make a significant jump, or were they just as dominant? So like, I mean, guys like Chris Johnson could could win this award you know, every year or something, or Mark Davidson could win this award every single year. But I, I think for what Leo did and 
going into um, after winning a sectional championship last year and then coming back and then going even further this year with a lot of the same characters and those um, guys got you know just that much better. I think Kerry Cogdell has done a fantastic job um, with the with the type of team that he has. Um, and you can throw you know Ryan Abbott at Eastside. They they won six more games than they did last year. Josh Stuckey at Fremont. They finished off the year really strong after taking in his first year winning nine of the last eleven games of their season and winning a sectional championship. You can throw John Bodie into there. Uh, Central Noble and, and how the winning streak that they had this year in a program setting wins. But I think for, for this year, I'm, I'm going to go with Kerry Coggle from Leo. Bryce, before we let you go, a lot of us are focused on the state championship games, obviously, but plenty of other teams are looking ahead to 21 and 22. We know the Wild West that is uh, boys basketball in this area, particularly in Allen County in terms of talent going elsewhere or whatever. But when you look at uh, you know, the Northeast Corner Conference in particular, a very competitive mm-hmm. conference this year in terms of what's coming back, I have to feel that you put Central Noble atop as the early maybe heavy favorite next year, but how does that conference break down with, you know, seven teams that finished uh, with double-digit wins this year? I, I think that you're going to see some changes among the top, um, but I, I think some of those teams like Cherubusco, um, Westview, um, and maybe Angola, um, they t- kind of take a, just a slight step down and some maybe dramatic more than others, but then you see the programs like Eastside, I think, will remain at the top. I think you'll see programs like West Noble and Fremont um, take a, another step um, with a lot of their players being juniors and sophomores on this year's roster and, and how well those two teams finished the, the end of the year this year with you know Fremont winning a sectional championship and West Noble playing in a sectional championship. I think and, and I think those teams, those two teams in particular will take a, a giant step going into next season, but I think you're right. Central Noble is going to be the favorite um, for the, the conference next year just because of what they do bring back. They lose um, Sawyer Yoder, um, who was a starter, um, but they bring back their four other starters um, and a, a couple of other role players um, that I think are, are going to step up as well. But when you have Connor Seijan and John Bodie as the head coach coming back, it's, it's pretty hard to argue against them. When you look at the Northeast State, of course, Leo playing for a state championship next week. But elsewhere in that uh, conference, do we see some some turnover, some change there as well? I, th- I, I I'm looking at Norwell that was so young and went three and four in the Northeast State, ten and fourteen overall. Uh, could they be the team that vaults to the top of the conference standings next year? I think so. Um, I don't. I don't think you're going to see East Noble at the. They were kind of up and down, and then. You know, had a couple of weeks they would, would find the rhythm. And as you mentioned, um, with the youngness, uh, after graduating a lot of players from the seat previous year, that I think with what the, the program and, and the way that Michael McBride runs it down there, I think that they're going to be able to, you know, build off of, of this year and, and didn't, didn't take that far of, of a step back as maybe a lot of people thought they would. But they, they still, you know, finished below 500. I would expect that to flip next year. Um, and, and them to be a lot better. And like I said, with East Noble, with they only graduate one senior, um, and they bring back everybody on the program, including Chris Hood, um, and they should be bring back hopefully a healthy Spencer Denton next year. Um, that this this team should be a lot better. And I, I would not expect to ha- for them to have a zero in the win column 
um, in, in the conference standings next year. All right, Bryce. Appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. Hopefully we added some uh, some, some brightness to the day for you. It's pretty dreary out, but uh, we will catch up to you hopefully in the fall, my friend. I, I hope so, too. And, and my energy level it has increased <laughs> over, the, over the last 15 minutes here um, with you. So now it's nap time is what you're saying? Yes. yes. <laughs> All right, Bryce. We'll catch up to you, man. Alrighty, thanks, Justin. That's Bryce Vance, KPC Media Group, joining us to to kind of put a bit of a cap on the boys' basketball season. Uh, of course, uh, Bryce, you can catch him all over KPC Media, covering uh, high school athletics, particularly boys' basketball. Now getting into the spring season, which so far this this spring, uh, this March at least, has had some pretty favorable weather. All things considered, today likely being the exception, but at least it's still kind of halfway decently warm out. John, uh, we're not freezing here, so. It, We've we've had much worse marches. Is kind of what I'm what I'm trying to say. I do agree for uh, for sure. Do you remember like the snowstorm we had like in in March like years ago? Yeah, the one that was huge that we thought we were over winter and then it just dropped yeah. uh, like a close to a foot on us. Yep, yep. So uh, you never yeah. know. I mean, we, yeah. we we you know that could be coming in two weeks. Who knows? Well, let's just hope that. Let's let's hope no. we're done with the yeah. snow, right? Yeah. yeah, for sure. We had enough of that in uh, in February, most definitely. We're going to take a break. When we come back. We'll talk to the new head coach of the New Haven Bulldogs on the gridiron. Coach Kyle Boer will join us. Uh, plenty more to come as well. Jeremy Roush of the Snyder Panthers will be on to break down Leo and Blackhawk Christian. Of course, his team played both of the area state championship qualifiers in the regular season. We'll get some information from him and more you're listening to the high school coaches show here on 1380 the fan 100.9 fm what can give you a competitive edge in today's red hot housing market rocket can that's because rocket mortgage can give you a verified approval it could help your offer stand out because when you find the perfect home you don't want to lose it to anybody else Rocket Technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers and their agents greater confidence in you. We've already helped over 1 million clients just like you reach their home financing goals this year alone. So remember this. What can help you buy the home you really want? Rocket can. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. That's rocketmortgage.com or call 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information, appraisal, and title report. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states at MLSConsumerAccess.org, number 3030. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically. With no limit on how much you can earn, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Adopt U.S. Kids presents what to expect when you're expecting. A teenager learning the lingo. Today I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying, that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool. Another one is totes. It's exactly like saying, totally, just shorter. As in, 
I totes love going to the mall with Becca. Another word you might hear is jelly. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will think you're, um, rad just the same. To learn more, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. A message from the National Police Association. It used to be that any able-bodied person would offer to assist a police officer in danger. Now, passers-by are more likely to take a video. There's a better use for your phone when an officer's in trouble. Call 911. Tell the operator where you are and what you see. Then, start your video to provide evidence later. To learn more about how you can assist law enforcement, visit nationalpolice.org. That's nationalpolice.org. Here's more from the High School Coaches Show on Fort Wayne Sports Station. 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the High School Coaches Show. I'm Justin Kenny. John Graham producing here till 7 o'clock, talking area high school basketball, high school football, in what I believe is our last show of the year, well, at least the season. Uh, John, is that is that correct? I, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't listen to things. Yes, it is the season finale. Season the... finale, and hopefully not the series finale. Who knows? <laughs> you never know around this time of year if they're uh, foolhardy enough to bring me back for another year. But we'll see. But again, putting a wrap here uh, on the show here in the spring and expect to be back next fall, week before football starts. Which, I would, uh, yes, I would definitely say expect Expect us to come expect back. Expect us to come back. So, sorry, folks. We, we, we're going to return. But, uh, you know, we'll have a lot to talk about when we do return to this show, John, when we come back in August. And we'll be talking new head coaches and new positions. And one of those is joining us right now, the new head coach of the New Haven Bulldogs, Coach Al Boer. Coach, how are you? I'm great. How about you? Not bad, Coach, and uh, congratulations first off. I know it's been a few weeks, but uh, taking over the helm of the Bulldogs. Uh, what was the initial reaction out of you when you found out that you were the guy? Oh, I, I was definitely excited. Um, you know, I, I'd been around a little bit before. I've coached uh, lots of different places since, you know, probably early 2000s. And, and I just, you know, this was a job I was excited to apply for. I knew what I wanted to do. I mean, I kind of looked around a few other places at times, but I never really, you know, went for an application. When I, you know, Coach Lynn uh, resigned, I instantly had a moment of clarity, knew what I wanted to do, and I've been excited to get the ball rolling ever since. And, and you know, you look within uh, the New Haven program, and, and, you know, when Jim Rowland stepped down, Jimmy Lynn stepped up, and now Jimmy Lynn steps down, now you step up. It's it's uh, really kind of keeping it in the family, so to speak, within that building. Yeah, it is. And, and I know we looked, you know, at outside candidates quite a bit each time and really trying to find whoever was the best fit. But uh, we really have, so like, we've got a great people that are in the building and in the staff and in the community, and we really just want to – get that going forward why is it that inside candidates are the best to take over this program because you know it it just seems like a fraternity a family so to speak and and you guys just kind of keep passing it down um well you know i kind of a late addition and not really hired by either of them so i feel like i kind of had a halfway outside perspective on the issue but um 
as we go through and we went through, like just knowing the building and knowing the community is a huge insider's piece. And, and that was kind of one of the questions in the interview process. You know, what do you know about our scenario and our setup? And, and with New Haven taking over um, the, the Harding area district, there used to be a former high school and in there and just knowing the dynamics of the community and where that works is, is really an advantage to somebody being in the community and working with it rather than sitting outside or coming in and trying to, you know, how, how does this, how to navigate this circumstance? You know, Coach, Jimmy Lynn came in after Jim Rowland's successful run, and, and Jimmy did a great job, but he was he was kind of split. You know, as the head wrestling coach and football coach, he admitted himself it just became, you know, too much. I mean, very, very much so football uh, coach is a full-time job, 12 months a year, and then you throw wrestling on top of it. So uh, when you look at the last couple years and where this team was, three straight years of five wins, and where they need to get to return to be a perennial contender in the league with the likes of Leo, and East Noble, what does the program need to do? Um, you know, we just got to get back to, to the basics and doing what we're doing. I think Coach Lynn did a great job getting the culture going, you know, forward, the, the direction we wanted to see. Um, but like you said, when he's tied up at, at wrestling and everywhere else, he, you know, could was, his attention was divided. And now, you know, we get to have that chance to have a focused attention and really get a follow through and, have a full effort uh, to move forward with the, you know, the, the culture and the detail things that we just kind of want to finish and go full circle with to, to get back to the, the winning ways. Coach, I feel like you, you lose uh, you know quite a bit of talent. You know, Lane Woodson was great for the offense, and Andre Wright, you know, is is just a stud in himself. But there are some pieces coming back. I mean, you know, Jakar Williams will be back. I thought uh, Evian Creech in the interior line on defense was kind of an underrated guy in the Northeast State. Uh, I think Jarrell Jackson's best years, you know, best seasons ahead of him. So, um, you know, I think there are pieces there. Um, how do you kind of look at it with what you guys have coming back? You know, I, I think that's a good piece. You listed off some great guys that are working hard. There are some other juniors in that class, and this group of juniors going to be seniors is really going to determine where this, this uh, next season goes. Um, but they've already been on it in the weight room. I mean, one of the, one of the guys, Quantry Sanders, you didn't mention, is um, played some part-time running back, full-time safety, but He's been instrumental in getting players to be in the weight room when they need to be, being kind of a leader off the field. And, and, and Jakar Williams is doing a great job. Avion Creech with the line. All those guys you mentioned have been showing up, putting their time in this offseason, but they're also making sure that the other guys get there and we're doing things the right way and getting it done in the classroom as well. And I think finishing, like I said, that culture piece and those seniors being a leader and bringing those under guys along, we'll be able to work on and fill in some of those, those gaps that we are missing with, you know, Lane and, and uh, John, John Lyon and Ray Brim. Dre Wright. I can't what I'm looking for. <laughs> Dre Wright the assistant. I don't know how I missed that, you know, our leading tackler. But, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we're missing a lot of holes to fill, but I said those seniors are, are leading the way culturally, and we're going to get the right things moving and, and find guys to fill those gaps. 
You're just in denial, Coach. Nobody wants to lose a Dre Wright, right? You know, so if you don't talk about it, maybe he'll he won't go. Maybe he'll find some eligibility left. Who knows? Yeah, that's what they all talk about. Can we restructure our, our contracts <laughs> here? <laughs> uh, coach Kyle Boer, new head coach of the New Haven Bulldogs football program, joining us here on the high school coaches show. Coach, this isn't your first head job. You coached for three years at Madison Grant down in Grant County in the mid 2010s. What can you take from that experience into this head coaching job? You know, like the biggest thing I get out of that one is it was my first go at it, and I still try to do a lot of things myself um, and get it done. And that's just kind of my personality is to get things done. And this time, I- I'm doing a better job at making sure that I find the right staff to come in and-, and get their jobs done and my jobs to support them. And so this time around, I'm going to be make sure that. You know, we have a great staff that works with the kids well and, and gets them all prepared instead of, you know, trying to spread myself thin like Coach Lynn kind of did. And, you know, I coached track and did other sports, and now I get to focus on one and focus on getting those guys to be the best of their ability um, all the way around, on, off the field all the time. How tough is, I don't think we appreciate, you know, the the search for a good staff because I think, you know, in all of our experiences, if you're a head coach, you know, people reach out and say, I'd be interested, and you have to kind of go through and and sift through those candidates. You know, how difficult is it? Because I'm sure you have friends in the coaching ranks that would like like a job, but then again, you want the right guys in the right situation with the right kids. Um, You know, how challenging of it of uh, of this situation is it for you because that's a lot of pressure you need to put the right guys in the right spots and uh and you know that can be difficult sometimes oh it it is tough i mean sometimes you get great candidates that come out and and you just know as soon as you meet them and their background and and their references all check out they're great and other ones you know you got to find and figure out and talk to but but my biggest criteria i have two criteria that every coach has to pass and they got to love the kids Number one and number two, they have to be think that they are capable and the kids are capable of whatever region, whatever our goals are. So if, if they love the kids and they want what's best for them and they think that they're capable of getting it done, we'll find a way to train them and give them all the other tools they need to to be successful. So it may not be offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, but we'll train them up and get give them the things that they need to do to be successful. Um, so you know, if you have those two qualities. I, you can work with kids in my program, and we're going to get things done the right way. Coach, schematically, um, should we expect anything drastically different from the offense and defense of New Haven in the fall? I, you know, we've got a lot of great guys staying around, and we're just kind of adding to that. So you will see some things that are that are going to be fairly similar. But with that, you know, it was where we've been. We got to get some new sparks and some new things going. So. You will definitely be familiar with some of the stuff that we've seen, but there's going to be some new stuff to uh, make sure we get that spark, that new energy and enthusiasm we've seen in the building to keep carrying over to the football field and make sure that we, you know, finish things the right way and finish things going tough and strong. Coach, in your 2021 schedule, week two, Jeff Adamson and Eastbrook come to town. You're familiar with Coach Adamson, of course, since your time at Madison Grant. So, uh, you know, Getting a familiar face to come up week two up to New Haven. Yeah, yeah, they made that decision before I did, but it's always great <laughs> to see a familiar face. Um, he's one that you know I really talked a lot with and got along with when I was down there. We would go to coaching clinics and other stuff. I just I can't think of a better coach to actually coach against. He's 
phenomenal. He's done a great job with that program. One of the win leaders in the, in the state. You know, he just so you know every time you have good competition on your schedule, it's awesome. And then when it's somebody you know, it's even it's even more fun to have a good competition. All right, Coach. Hey, I appreciate the time. Thanks a lot. Congratulations again, new head football coach of the New Haven Bulldogs. Uh, enjoy uh, the preparation. I'm sure it feels like a long way away, but once we get there August 20th, you'll probably be wishing you had more time. <laughs> oh, so thanks for having me. All right, Coach. Thanks a lot. That was Coach Kyle Boer of the New Haven Bulldogs joining us. His, he is the new head football coach of the Bulldogs taking over for Jimmy Lynn, who stepped down uh, after three seasons at the helm of the Bulldogs. Of course, New Haven, three straight five-win seasons uh, have not been up there in the NEA conversation in the last couple of years. Of course, Leo and East Noble, the dominant forces in the league consistently, year in and year out. It used to be a three-headed monster. Leo, East Noble, New Haven. New Haven has taken a dip. We'll see if Coach Boer can get the Bulldogs back towards the top of the Northeast State. We're going to take a break. We come back. We'll uh, transition back to basketball, and we'll talk to Snyder head coach Jeremy Rausch as we'll break down the end of his season. We'll talk Leo and Blackhawk Christian, both teams that uh, the Panthers took on this year, and maybe take a glimpse at 21-22 SAC and break that down on what to expect a year from now in Fort Wayne's conference. This is the High School Coaches Show on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. You're planning on remodeling your bathroom. You want something personal and unique, and you want only the best quality products, which is why you're planning on ordering your shower door from the custom craftsman of City Glass. But why stop there? Why not have the same professionals custom cut the just right mirror for your bathroom as well? There's no need to settle for anything off the shelf when the City Glass craftsman can cut and design the perfect mirror for your bathroom. Don't worry about special sizing. They can custom size your mirror just as they would your shower door. And what about a unique look? Not a problem. For example, they can frame your mirror or even cut it so that your vanity lights can fit in the mirror rather than having to mount a separate fixture above the mirror. Maybe you don't need a new mirror at all and can just have an existing one recut or refurbished. Yeah, they can do that too. So do this for yourself. When you're ready to choose a shower door from City Glass, choose a mirror as well. City Glass, quality glass products, a cut above the rest. Okay. Indeed knows unexpected demand can stretch your business thin. Uh, Leon speaking. Like at Leon's Plumbing. Sorry, quick as we can get there is next Friday. To stay out of hot water, he needs to get started hiring right. Right away. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. And the moment you sponsor a job on Indeed, you get a short list of quality candidates from our resume database. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get a $75 credit for your first sponsored job post. Terms and conditions apply. It doesn't take a brain surgeon to know ticks suck. But what you might not know is that they don't just suck blood way out in the woods. Those creepy little bugs can be anywhere all year long. And I do mean little. They can be smaller than the head of a... But big trouble comes in these small, gross packages. Even a tiny tick can make you super sick. So what's the most important tip to avoid getting bit? Well, duh, pay attention. Remember, ticks can be just about anywhere outdoors. Then spray attention with an EP 
EPA registered insect repellent. Wearing long socks and other protective clothing is a good idea too. When you come back inside, shower. And always remember, check for ticks everywhere. And if you do get a tick bite, don't panic. An adult. And visit ticksuck.org to learn how to remove it properly. Ticks suck, but being outdoors shouldn't. Go to ticksuck.org for more information. Ticksuck.org. These are the sounds of a dinner. A dinner that almost didn't happen. A dinner now served thanks to people like you. Due to COVID-19, 17 million more Americans may face her. Feeding America is helping our neighbors in need. And if you're able, you can too. Donations are being accepted at feedingamerica.org slash coronavirus. Brought to you by the Ad Council and Feeding America. 200 food banks strong. Now back to the High School Coaches Show on Fort Wayne Sports Station. 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the High School Coaches Show. I'm Justin Kenny. He's John Graham here for another 25-ish minutes to the top of the hour. Talking area high school, basketball, football. Thank you to Coach Kyle Boer joining us before the break. New Haven Bulldogs, new head coach on the sidelines on the football side of things at New Haven. But we're back talking basketball and wanted to bring in uh, one of my favorite people, Mr. Jeremy Roush, Snyder Panthers on the line right now. Coach, how are you? I'm very well. I'm one of your favorites. Wow, I'm honored. Well, you know, uh, just trying to be nice. Yeah. You know, what I say off the air is is much more colorful about you. So. <laughs> yeah, same. I say probably reciprocated for sure. Um, coach, you know, before we break down, you know, I want to talk to you about Leo and Blackhawk Christian, both teams that you played this year. But uh, let's put a cap on the Snyder Panthers. Finished thirteen and eleven. Uh, fell in that sectional championship game to Carroll. We talked numerous times uh, this year, Coach, about your squad, and at times they looked arguably as good as a home or a Blackhawk Christian in the area. Then other times they'd struggle. So uh, as you recap this year for you, uh, you know, what are kind of the points that you'd uh, you'd really focus on? Well, you know, that's it. And I think that if you, at the beginning of the year, would say we'd win 13 games and, and compete for a sectional championship, I think that we would take that. You know, and, and from a big picture perspective. Um, however, you know, I do think that we left them on the table. And I think our guys believe that as well. Um, because when we're at our best, we show we, that we could play with anybody in the area and even, even, um, compete with Lawrence North to some extent and Cathedral to some extent. Um, so at, at the state level as well. Um, but I mean, that's just what inexperienced teams do, I think is, is um, learn how to compete at a high level at all times in practice and games. And when focus and um, competing is inconsistent, then it shows up and in, in kind of inconsistent in the games as well. So uh, we grew up a lot. You know, I thought that our maturity was, was so much better at the end of the year on the court especially, but with chemistry and buying into roles. And, um, you know, really to put two tough wins together in the sectional, um, to, to compete against Carroll and, and really heading into the sectional with a 98-96 win over Marion against a really talented, you know, Marion team, um, I felt like we were in a good place then in the sectional. So we'll take it. You know, we bring a lot of guys back, but 
but you know we're 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 pleased with the the strides that we made from the program uh, this past season. Yeah, one of the few guys that you lose going into next year, Jade Moore, and I think he was a kid that really uh, played well as a senior for you, and and really filled a gap because you did have a lot of holes heading into this year. So you welcome a lot of guys back, but a little on Jade Moore, one of those that will be graduating. Just absolutely cannot say enough about him and the year that he had. Uh, he was our leader. He was our spirit. The guys um, wanted to win for him, and uh, he embraced that leadership role. Uh, he refined his game. He played within himself, and he had some tremendous, tremendous offensive performances and defensive as well and, and won us a couple games with some steals late. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's definitely going to be a guy that we're going to miss. But he's at the same time. He's a guy. He's a Panther for life. He loves the players. He, you know, he won a sectional the year before. So, you know, we're proud to kind of send him on out into the world as as a champion for us. You know, a kid that that really blossomed as well was Carson Jenkins. He just averaged just over five points a game as a sophomore, and he needed to be thrust into a position to be a high-level scorer for you. Finished averaging over twenty points per game, and and a kid that you have for another year so uh you have to be really excited with for carson yeah and you know as much as as it was jade's team um it was carson's team from the from the the standpoint of getting into our offense and you know he really took on that leadership role and you know he was super efficient with his numbers and shooting 40 percent from three uh with as much as the ball's kind of um you know making plays off the dribble as well as catch and shoot and, and we get him for another year. You know, we get a lot of those guys back for another year and, and only losing Jade. So um, the thing I like the best, though, is Carson stays hungry. And, and I don't know that there's anybody around here that works on their game and their overall development uh, and the weight room conditioning and all that than Carson. So when your your best players are your hardest workers, you have a chance to be pretty successful. You know, Coach, one of the quirks of you guys this year um, was three-point shooting. You guys took uh, 643 total threes this year. You took 727 two-point shots, so it was pretty close. Was that by design? Did you go into the season thinking you're going to shoot that many three-pointers, or would it, or did it just kind of evolve into, into that? A little bit of both. Um, you know, we don't necessarily go in thinking that that's like we don't have – certain things that we want to get you know that's not necessarily a metric that we want to get so many a game but we do pride ourselves as a program on playing to the strengths of our players and you know we're very perimeter focused and that's a nice way of saying we just don't have a lot of time <laughs> so uh you know we gotta we gotta be able to create those mismatches and we have some guys that can go off the dribble as well and, and create the gravity to allow for open shots um, but yeah, you know, one thing that we say is we love layups and layups uh, and dunks. We love free throws, and we like open rhythm threes. We do kind of buy into we're not much into the the outside of the paint twos, and and defenses are collapsing, and we're looking for the open guy. And, and just like we tell them all the time, if, if someone says to you, you can have one dollar, two dollars, or three dollars, how many would you, you know? How much money would you want? You take three dollars every time. So. Um, you know, we try to get three points every time, whether it's a three-point play at the rim or a three-pointer behind the line. 
coach Jeremy Roush, Snyder Panthers, joining us here on the High School Coaches Show. All right, coach, you played both Leo and Blackhawk Crin this year. Both close games took Leo to overtime in early December, uh, fell by seven against Blackhawk Christian in early February. Let's focus on the Lions. You mentioned not having much size. That's one of the benefits for Leo with Allen and Troyer there in the post. Davidson on the outside is tremendous. So when we're looking at Leo getting into their first ever state championship game, one of their first ever regional for that matter, uh, what to like about that team, Coach Kerry Cogdell's group, as they prepare for the 3A state title game? Well, first of all, congratulations to those guys. And and I actually coach and, and Tyler Morningstar, who does a great job and a long-time assistant there as well, as well as Coach Davidson, and said, you know, obviously the best part of March and, and high school basketball is making a deep tournament run. But the second best part is seeing coaches that you truly like and truly respect making a deep run with their own programs. Uh, and so, you know, we're, we're their biggest fans from uh, representing the area. Um, with that, I mean, Leo is, is tough. They, they, they're good on the inside. They're exceptional on the outside. And I think their defense this year has been as good as any team that I've seen them have. And I think that's really kind of taken them to the next level. Um, with our game specifically, uh, it was, I think they had 91 points. They had 19 free throws. And they had 72 points in the paint. So we did not, we didn't give up a three. We didn't get a shot out of the paint, but they didn't have to. They scored 91 points and 79 of them or whatever it was, 78 of them were in the paint. So, um, you know, they're, they're, they've, they've got it all. They, they can score, uh, in any way. And to be able to make it a deep run like that, you're going to have to score in a variety of ways. You're going to have to, to, to win with a, a multitude of tempos and to have the toughness and grittiness they did to make a comeback uh, in that second half. And like uh, St. Joe's best player, you know, showed a lot about the culture that's been established there. Coach Leo, a bit, a bit of a surprise to get to the state championship. Nobody's surprised for Blackhawk Christian, of course, in Class 2A. will take on Park Heritage a week from so many other guys can do. Uh, defensively, when you're organizing a game plan, when you're putting together what you need to do to knock off Blackhawk Christian, what does that game plan look like that gives you the best chance to win? You know, that's a great question because it truly is picking Do you, you just try to go one-on-one with uh, Caleb? and then um, not let the shooters get off on the outside? Or do you bring a double and zone up and try to scramble out and run shooters off the line? And there just isn't a right answer. I mean, there's just not an easy way to do it. They know their roles. They move the ball. Um, With us specifically, we went zone. It was one of the early games that we went exclusively zone, and I thought that we did a good job in the first half and their pressure got to us in the second half. but there's just not, there's, you know, there's not a good way to, to limit them. And they just understand the game so well. And, and they're so selfless. You know, they're going to make the extra pass and hit the open guy every time and just make you pay. And those guys are just locked and loaded at the three-point line. And for us, um, you know, three is greater than two. So sometimes you just kind of have to take your chance with Caleb inside. And he's just going to get offensive rebounds. And he's just going to get putbacks. And, you hope you make enough threes. We dang near did make enough threes in our regular season game. We hit 11 of 18 in the first half, and, and we were up 16 points at halftime, and, and then they they played in a different way. You know, they, they changed the tempo, and they picked up the pressure, and uh, we, we outscored them by 21 points in quarters, and they outscored us by 28 points in one quarter. So, I mean, that's just how, how dynamic and, and, and offensively talented. And, again, their defense. And that quarter from them, it was driven on their, by the defensive pressure. 
Coach, let's look ahead a little bit, and I know in the SAC it's almost impossible to predict because of of the system we have with uh, with with guys moving around. Obviously, open enrollment in Fort Wayne Community Schools between eighth and ninth grade. But when we look ahead, and you say, okay, Homestead, they're going to have to replace a lot. Carroll uh, has Jalen Jackson, but what's around him? You pinpoint you guys and Northside maybe as those two teams bringing an, a, as much production back as anybody in the area, let alone the SAC. You know, so many months away, so much can happen over the spring and summer but how do you see this conference developing heading into 21-22 oh it should be it should be very talented again um with especially with the teams that you mentioned in northrop's pretty young and then they're bringing a lot back um and so yeah it, it should have a certain level of parity in that there's there'll be a lot of teams that that feel like they have a chance uh, to compete. Homestead, it's always nice when they lose at least one Big Ten commit, you know. So <laughs> bring you back to it'll help. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but you know what? Our off season, and, and again, we take pride in our player development. You know, we tell them the best way to make our teams better are to make our players better. Um, over the last couple of weeks, we've started to do our home visits, so we're kind of. Um, Tell or you know explaining our, our development plan for each of our guys, and we, you know we're in the middle school tonight. And we're doing our middle school open gym. We control what we can control. We want to get our guys to be the best possible basketball players uh, that we can from April to October, and then from November to March, we'll start piecing it together and see what kind of team we have. Coach, final question for you. You know, a lot of people talk around the time of the postseason about seeding and sectional seeding and regional, whatever. You know, we, we mentioned Homestead earlier, and Homestead plays Carmel 9.30 a.m. down at Logansport in the regional semifinal, arguably the two best teams in the state in Class 4A, particularly the entire state. Is it fair that that game with such big ramifications is played that early at a neutral site. I'm not saying I have all the answers. I'm not saying you do. I'm not asking for it. But is it fair? You know, it doesn't seem that way, does it? No. But, uh, you know, I'm not one. I think there's 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 an inappropriate word that, that, that <laughs> means um, complaining without providing solutions. <laughs> That's what I do. I'm an expert at that. <laughs> so I don't I don't really have a solution. I'm, I'm definitely not one of the, uh, it's just, you know, the way that we've always done it is the way we're going to do it. You know, I'm, I'm definitely on the side of let's come up with a better way. I don't know um, what that is necessarily, but I would love to see that matchup later on in the in the postseason, even if it's just that night. Um, but even in the Final Four setting, in a semi-state setting, you know, that type of thing. So, yeah, I don't know what that looks like, you know, with the kind of mantra of it's just been a weird year. It almost could have been neat to see something different this year. Um, but, you know, there's... There's a lot of things that can be archaic with, with things that are so layered as, as you know, high school, Indiana high school basketball. Is it is it easy to just say seed the thing, seed sectionals, and maybe seed the regional? Yeah, I mean that would be definitely the easy thing to do, the easiest thing to do right from the start is you're you know you're going to get the best game what should be the best matchups on Saturday night a sectional and then Saturday night a regional, um, and then yeah beyond that I mean there's not a whole lot you can control I mean I think seeding seeding the regionals or seeding the semi-states and then traveling over. I don't know if that's real feasible, but um, the Sagarin ratings, I think, are pretty accurate that late in the year. Uh, yeah. I would say that 
if there's any state that's going to have something that you could truly go by from a formulaic standpoint, I have to believe we can go by that and, and feel better than a blind draw. Yeah, I feel like you still keep the regionals feeding into where they do, but those four teams would then be be uh, seeded by Sagarin. I think that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, that would make sense to me, absolutely. Yeah, you know. All right, bud, we kept uh, kept you too long. I'm sure the kids want to see Dad, and I'm sure your wife has a big to-do list for you. Yeah, no question. I just pulled in, so perfect timing. <laughs> All right, buddy, always a pleasure, man. Take care. We'll catch up to you. All right, man, take care. Appreciate you. That was Coach Jeremy Roush, Snyder Panthers, joining us as uh, we touched on a little bit of everything with Coach Roush. Again, his team played both Leo and Blackhawk Christian this year, and I forgot... Uh, that his team was up 16 in the first half at halftime against Blackhawk Christian there in early February, talking about just how good Snyder looked at times. They arguably look like the best team in the area at times. Uh, it would be a couple minutes, maybe be a quarter, maybe an entire half, but they'd always seemingly have a letdown, particularly against really good teams. But with just one senior, uh, that is kind of be expected. So definitely keep an eye on the Snyder Panthers as we head into 1 and 22. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll put a cap on the show. You're listening to the High School Coaches Show here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate in the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. Introducing Fidelity Income Planning. We look at how much you've saved, how much you'll need, and help you build a straightforward plan to generate income, even when you're not working. A plan that gives you the chance to grow your savings and create cash flow that lasts. Plus, you can start, stop, or adjust your plan at any time. Talk to us today so we can help you go from saving to living. Fidelity Brokerage Services, member NYSC, SIPC. It doesn't take a brain surgeon to know ticks suck. But what you might not know is that they don't just suck blood way out in the woods. Those creepy little bugs can be anywhere all year long. And I do mean little. They can be smaller than the head of a pin. But Big Bubble comes in these small, gross packages. Even a tiny tick can make you super sick. So what's the most important tip to avoid getting bit? Well, duh, pay attention. Remember, ticks can be just about anywhere out doors. Then spray attention with an EPA registered insect repellent. Wearing long socks and other protective clothing is a good idea too. When you come back inside, shower. And always remember, check for ticks everywhere. And if you do get a tick bite, don't panic. Tell an adult. And visit TickSuck.org to learn how to remove it properly. Ticks suck, but being outdoors shouldn't. Go to TickSuck.org for more information. TickSuck.org Here's more from the High School Coaches Show on Fort Wayne Sports Station. 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM. 
Welcome back for the final time here on the High School Coaches Show. Last couple minutes of the season. Again, hopefully we'll be back for fall football in August. But uh, before we go, wanted to take a closer look at these 2A and 3A championship game matchups that are coming for uh, to us a week from Saturday from Bankers Life Fieldhouse. Uh, Blackhawk Christian and Park Heritage. Park Heritage, the Wolves, their first ever state championship game appearance. Of course, it's a it's a newer school. I think in the last uh, half dozen years or so on the west side of the state in Park County. And, um, you know, they always put these uh, these uh, little uh, interview things with the coach, you know, some statistics and all that stuff. Each coach. And of course, Mark Davidson, something interesting about you personally or professionally that people might not know. In my spare time, I compete in the sport of strongman, which I think you just could have put um, in my spare time, I can kick the living crap out of you. It would be the same thing. But, uh, you know, Coach Mark Davidson, of course, uh, bringing his team in, looking for uh, their, I want to say, their second state championship. Of course, uh, 2019, they captured one. Uh, looking at Park Heritage really quick, um, you know, leading scorers, Christian Johnson, a little over 16 a game. Um, it's it, He's only a sophomore. I mean, this is a very inexperienced group in terms of, uh, of, of upperclassmen. Um, it looks like Riley Ferguson, a, another guard, senior. Uh, as scores at a 12.4% clip. Their, their primary big guy, Connor Davis, is 6'4". He's a senior, averages close to 14 and 8 a game. I'm not sure if he's a guy that can really tie up Caleb first. In my opinion, this is Blackhawk Christian's game, unless you know they are not shooting very well, and then maybe Park Heritage can keep it close. Looking at Class 3A, of course, Leo, first ever appearance with Coach Kerry Cogdell. And um, let's see, Silver Creek, who are the Dragons, of course. The big name, of course, Trey Kaufman-Wren, uh, averaging 25 points per game. This is a team that barely lost to Blackhawk Christian in the Hall of Fame tournament down in Newcastle in December without Trey Kaufman. So, don't overlook Cooper Jacoby, who is a phenomenal 6'7 post, also a senior. Brandon Northern is a guard that can shoot lights out out of the gym, shoots 40% from three. Uh, and that's knocked down in Kaufman. Kaufman is, goes 25 and 12 every night. Um, he's a phenomenal shooter inside, finisher at the bucket. Uh, this is an enormous challenge for Leo. When we're talking about matchups, I really like Blackhawk Christian's matchup against Park Heritage, I'm not sure I like the matchup for Silver Creek. Again, Silver Creek defending state champions. They won 3A two years ago when Blackhawk Christian won 1A. So Blackhawk Christian trying to make it two straight and also Silver Creek trying to make it two straight against Leo next Saturday. That's going to do it for us. Thank you to Bryce fans, KPC Media Group joining us. Thank you to the new head football coach of the New Haven Bulldogs, Coach Kyle Boer, joined us. And Jeremy Rausch, head basketball coach, Snyder Panthers, helped us break down Leo, helped us break down Blackhawk Christian, and also took a look at the future in the SAC in uh, maybe a couple familiar uh, teams in Snyder and Northside, potentially being those favorites entering next season. That's going to do it for us. For John Graham, I'm Justin Kenny. This has been the High School Coaches Show on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM.
Thanks for listening to this exclusive presentation of 1380 The Fan, the high school coaches show with Justin Kenny on Fort Wayne Sports Station. 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Download the podcast at 1380thefan.com or wherever you get podcasts. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.